He trusted me with stories of the troubled birthright that had been graced upon him, of his childhood on the streets of 1970s Harlem, the temptation of drugs, the murder of friends, and of his broken family, of a dad who after being found out to have fathered the children of multiple women was a vague and distant memory, a loved son of a mother who lived in and out of his life, and of grandparents, mentors, and basketball coaches that, holding him close to their side, fed and nurtured the child, man, and father he has become. And in it all, at the center to all that he is, can be found the heart and strength of a true and sure messenger of change, a champion in the midst of a profiling war. Certain experiences shape people to think and act like what they are or who they are. They have to reset, recalibrate, erase, the bad experiences that you've had in your life and get back in touch with yourself of who you are. People lose their identity as far as their purpose. Some people find it and some people lose hope and some people go in a whole nother direction, but it's the good, then it's the evil. I guess there is the yin and the yang. I guess there's going to be people, unfortunately, that's going to go that route. And it seemed like that route is, is much more than the good route. But in the end, someone or somebody will inspire and tell that person, you are somebody too. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be a known figure to be someone, a garbage man, or you're a police officer, or you're a doctor. Erase all the bad experiences, get back to being who you are, have a pure heart, and do it, because we all have a purpose here. He questions if it's fault to care too much as he fights against the world's outlook of nice guys finish last. And all the while he boasts not of any deserved blessing nor demands reward for doing what is right. And as I lowered my walls to feel of his trials and discernment, I came to know a powerful nurturer and an advocate to the betterment of what's to come. A living, breathing being with no self-obsession for wealth, demand for restitution or expectation of reward, but rather a valued human who by his long-suffering and loving outlook has built a foundation on the cornerstone of compassion. I think that first and foremost, most people have a pure heart. Unfortunately, what happens is, um, their, you know, their experiences, their upbringing and what they've gone through, you know, good and bad has shaped them to who they are. And I find that quite interesting because even with race, and I'll just uh, talk right quick. My grandparents grew up in the South. They grew up in um, Southampton County. Um, you heard of Nat Turner? So my, I guess, descendants of my family was brought over into Virginia, you know, the, the slave ports and all of that. But they never taught me to dislike someone that wasn't my color. They did tell their stories. They did say, you know, be aware and be careful. But I wasn't taught to hate no one. And where I grew up at, no, I didn't grow up like it was old Italians, whites. I really didn't have no whites in my school, maybe four in my high school, and then they were ran out, bullied. My first interaction with someone really like white was in college. And I sometimes even play off that because I was in a dorm and living with them. And it was this guy from, from upstate Woodstock. He 
was the first person that was very genuine to me. He had this big jug of wine. He had, you know, that band Rush with the satanic sign. So I'm thinking when I come into this room, he had this whole setup and I'm like, what the, is this dude worship the devil and all that? And he's like, man, nah, it's cool. What's your name? And man, let's drink some wine. And we drank some wine and we kicked it. And he was one of the nicest guys, roommates that I had in college. That made me feel like, nah, there are good people out there. You can't look at their skin colors, the character, you know, like Martin Luther King says. That made me know like, no, there's good people out here. You, you just meet them and you don't look at their skin colors. And it took a lot of discipline not to do that because it's easy to get fall into those trappings. More than an optimistic observer, he has and does walk the walk. In him, a Bible of trials well written by the 54 years of his life experience. His smile unbroken and his faith in humanity unshattered by the pains and burdens he carries. Realistic and engaged he is in his concern for others, and on the front lines of loving his neighbor he resides. The power of his commitment to look beyond the external catalyst to how he chooses to live his life forward. I, I spoke to someone one time and it was the guy that I used to work with and he said he didn't have any goals and that shook me I was like you don't have any goals like none he's like no I don't have no goals and I found that very empty because I'm like how are you not going to have any goals I mean I can just think of a simple goal like I want to wake up I want to have a great day and I want to get back home safe and I want to go to sleep. Like, I think sometimes people feel like they have to say something to make their goal really grand or dramatic. I have a friend that he loves to clean. Man, I just like to clean. It relaxes me. I just feel like when I clean and when that place is clean, I feel good. I feel like the person's gonna appreciate that. That's purpose, I think it is. Cause how I see it and interpret it, he has a satisfaction or he, he feels good that he cleaned the place and that the person, whoever's office or whoever house or whatever, they're gonna be very grateful and have gratitude. That makes them feel good. Another example, if I was to go out every day and say like, I wanna be nice or do something for one person. And if I can make that person for that moment feel special and make them feel good, that's a purpose too. Love is lost right now. It's so much hate. It's so much division, divisiveness. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of hurt out here. There's a lot of people that just don't have no hope or just don't think that they matter in life. We go through these experiences, adversities, to test our spirit and to test our will. At the same time, we got to know that this is all temporary, good and bad. But once we fill our head with positive attributes, then you'll start building yourself back up and then you'll start contributing not only to yourself, but to others.
you have to have a real strong faith and belief to know that I can only be who I am and hopefully my empathy, my love and my sincerity can resonate. Uh, right now, I think that's what also we have an identity crisis as well. People just don't understand where their place is. They're being made to feel like they don't count or they don't matter. And that's not good. God spiritually moves you towards people or he brings people into your life to be able to connect and share. And if that can help someone, or if I helped you, or you helped me, or if this helps anybody that's listening, then I've done my job. That's truly how I feel. So to the voice and spirit of Steve, I feel compelled to witness of your radiance. For in your resilience, in the depth of your humble and transparent trust toward the body of humanity, and in your ability to forgive and love, you are an example of, in your words, doing what is right. And in the eyes, ears, and heart of this author, what I see before me is much more than a new friend. You are a bridge of hope, a brick and mortar construct of flesh and blood that within your walls is harbored the wisdom of above, an angel redefined whose wings are not yet fully formed. And as burnt and bruised as your bones and feathers might be, I pray that your healing witness may flow into the hearts of us all. And as per myself, Please know that your wisdom and outlook will forever be listed in the directory of my life.